least five, two, three, one, four, five, two, four, one, three.
want to stop. We can't. everybody doing tonight, huh? It's JT here. Sky Blue Radio sounds absolutely great at any altitude. Guess who I have with me tonight? It's Mr. Matt Brombeck, the managing director of the incredible organization called PazCon, the Positive Control Network, and it is incredible. So, uh, let's see here. Let's give a... Let me turn this down. You guys don't want to hear that anyway, do you? Nah, I didn't think so. <laughs> All right. Can you, uh, Matt, are you there, my man? Yes, hey, Jeff. Hey, how, how you, doing? you doing? Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, my man. I really appreciate you coming over and, and uh, saying hello to the family here at Sky Blue Radio. I hope uh, you're ready for the weekend, huh? Oh, yes. Uh, been battling COVID this week, unfortunately, but I'm on the uh, I'm on the amends and feeling a lot better. So, uh, man, that's hopefully good. Hopefully, I'll be able to enjoy Fourth of July weekend here, uh, in the, you know, uh, Get some barbecue on, hopefully. <laughs> nice, nice. You uh, you just got COVID like today or something, or you said earlier this week you had it, right? Yeah, I came back from a trip and um, started feeling down down the weather uh, that evening, and decided to take a test, and of course I got you know came back positive. So yeah, that'll uh, teach you, right? This is day officially day four, I think. Oh uh, wow! So are you feeling better? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's just kind of. Cold-like symptoms, flu-like symptoms, you know, stuff like that. The worst of it was for maybe two, two and a half days, and 
and then started feeling better. So hopefully, um, this is the best I felt all week. So well, perfect good. timing. Well, you're probably feeling better because you're on the Sky Blue Radio Show, right, with uh, JT. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I get to actually talk about something, uh, something exciting that I have passionate about. You know? Yeah, right. So uh, let's talk a little bit about your background um, first. Uh, I know that I know that you're a pilot. You fly for a major airline, and you've been doing it for a long time, if I remember correctly. And you know, you and I go way back. And um, but I haven't been able to keep up with with all your pilot stuff. So why don't you kind of tell us a little bit about your professional background, and then and then we'll jump over to the other side of the of the uh lake there or the whatever the street the whatever (laughs) yep yep um well i went to um i was graduated embry riddle in daytona beach in 2008 uh from there i went to my first regional airline uh great lakes out in denver flew the beach 1900 out there for almost two years oh i didn't know that um i'm I'm right here in denver uh, you know it was um you know Great first job, I guess. Not a great company, but it was, uh, you know, good, good to get my feet wet in the airlines. Yeah. Uh, learned a lot out there. Met an awesome group of people. Uh, the pilots out there were, I'm still really good friends with all of them. And actually, that's where I met AJ, uh, was at Great Lakes. So that's how we know each other. Um, uh, great Lakes, uh, they are, they were a contractor for United, if I remember right, right? Yes. Were they like um, the Beach 1900s and stuff like that, or were they, uh, I, I can't remember. I'm kind of dating myself here. Yeah, they. When I was there, we uh, it, it just had Great Lakes on the side of the airplanes. They weren't painted in any branding uh, colors or anything like that. But we still code shared with United at the time and Frontier. So, but we we're we we're operating technically as our own airline, and we just uh, code shares code shares with those two. And then, and it was all that essential air service, or majority of it was essential air service flying. Nice. Would, that wouldn't be too fun flying into Aspen in the middle of winter time, though. That's for sure, huh? <laughs> no, no, we didn't actually go to Aspen. The the our claim to fame was Telluride. We were one of the uh, oh, only airlines beautiful. at the time that went to Telluride. Yeah, and that was a that was a super cool uh, place to fly to. Um, didn't do it that often because it was always a super senior day trip. Um, yeah, but uh, part of our training every every first officer had to go at least out there at least once just to get checked off for it. So um, so that was that was fun. I've 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 never been to Telluride myself. Um, but you know, you see the pictures and stuff like that. And of course in flight sim, um, uh, you know, you, it's always fun to, to fly in and fly out of there. It's an uncontrolled field and, and, uh, you know, the departure into that stuff is, uh, can be kind of tricky if you're not paying attention and, and, uh, it's a lot of fun. So maybe someday I'll get to go up there to, to tell you right, huh? But, but, uh, now, now you're flying the, the Airbus, right? Yep. Yep. So, uh, that was back to that. Yeah. So I was at Great Lakes 2000. 9 to 2011, um, that I decided it was time to move on to a, a bigger regional, so I went to uh, Chautauqua, Chautauqua Airlines, and they were part of Republic, um, Okay. and at that time, Republic owned Chautauqua, Shuttle America, and Republic, it was all kind of three airlines in one, so all one seniority list, all one pilot group, um, and I flew the Embraer 145 for four years, uh, I got to upgrade to captain on that. Uh-huh. Uh, just about right at the four-year mark, and then at that time the airline started consolidating. Um, so we, you know, operating certificates. They, were, they, they uh, some of the airlines that we were flying for, they were changing their contracts and stuff like that. So it was, um, it was going to be more efficient for the company to could kind of bring everything back under one one operating certificate. Republic. So yeah, um, kind of a funny story. Like you know the 
they say you're not a, a true pilot until you have a different set of wings and uniforms in your closet. Well, just from that one airline, I have three sets of wings. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because of the, you know, it was, it was your taco wings, Channel American wings, Republic <gasps> Oh, wings. I see what you mean. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was kind of a, a funny story. And So if, if, anyway, after four years, we did... Um, uh, the E-145 went away, and we switched to the uh, E-170, and I was captain on that for about a year and a half before making it to where I'm at now, which is Delta Airlines. Good for so, you, man. Th- that's awesome. It's, yeah, it's, to been, be a, very proud it's been a dream come true. It's been, a, you know, uh, fortunate enough to, uh, you know, achieve, achieve that dream, and I had lots of support and great family along the way to help me get there, and flights yeah. was a huge part of it. Um, you know, it's something that I always kind of held close to my to my career it was something that i not only enjoyed you know i have a passion for aviation but i also uh really enjoyed flight simon and it helped me uh immensely and it, it, it kind of too. put you in the groove you know kind of put you in the mood to saying hey you know uh this is what i want to do for the rest of my life and, and it's ironic that um how many people uh you know started with flight sim and then got connected to an online network whether you know whoever it might have been and and uh, where they are today i mean i remember uh years ago that um flying with a, a cap the guy that was a captain with uh, frontier and uh because i had i had started my own virtual airline uh, virtual frontier many many moons ago and uh the guy that kind of helped me with the routes and stuff was a was a real frontier pilot and then his kids ended up joining the virtual airline and and it, it just worked out pretty cool it, it was really neat so i i can imagine what what you went through with your history and stuff like that, and and that's really cool. So I'm I'm glad to hear that. Are you, are you planning on on moving up to any other aircraft besides? Uh, you said you're flying the A320, if I remember right. And uh, what what's the next step, I guess, for you? Yeah. So actually, I just switched to the A320 uh, this this May, and uh, this is actually. So I've been at Delta for five years. This is actually my fourth airplane. <laughs> so oh wow! Far. And why uh, so many? Uh, you know, AJ kind of makes fun of me. He goes, he goes, you're just, you're just chasing type ratings. I was like, I wish. Uh, <laughs> AJ might part. be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, this is not necessarily by choice that I have this many type ratings so far from from Delta, but I, I chose the Airbus now um, because uh, quality of life trips. You know, I, I always wanted to fly the airplane, sort of thing. So I don't think I'm going anywhere anytime soon unless there's a opportunity to upgrade a captain on this on this fleet. Um, yeah, because I started. Uh, so to backtrack a little bit, I started at Delta flying the MD-88, uh, MD-90, so oh, I really? dog for a year and a half. A lot of people like that MD-88. It was a love-hate relationship, to be honest. Yeah, um, I bet. It, I, I'm <laughs> glad that I was able to fly it, but man, it was, especially this time of the year, the summer, I mean, you, you probably lost 10 pounds in sweat in that, in that airplane. Really? It just, it could not, the APU and the air conditioning could not, it, it would not Couldn't keep up do, or whatever? Uh, yeah, it wouldn't do justice on these, you know. 90 degree days in the summertime, especially down in Atlanta, you know, in the southeast. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I'm glad I was able to fly it. You know, it was kind of like the last of the of the classics that yeah. were around. You know, there's uh, um, you know, those J- JT-8Ds on there. You know, like they were they were finicky, but they were they were cool at the same time. Um, you know, so I was, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to experience it and fly it. But, um, you know, as a commuter, I, was, I'm, I live up in, uh, here in Louisville, Kentucky, and... The reason for leaving the Mad Dog was we had a Cincinnati base at the time, and I, I had what we call a standing bid in which uh, if anyone leaves or upgrades to captain or anything like that, um, there doesn't, doesn't have to be a vacancy, uh, mm-hmm. but if the company says, I, 
this you know a pilot needs to fill the slot um another pilot can kind of go in there so i got i got lucky i got you know it was one of those slots that became available and i went to cincinnati base but um but to do that i had to switch airplanes so then i switched to the 737 um and it was great for about nine months uh i was able to drive to work instead of commuting down on an airplane that's pretty cool and yeah yeah and um uh but then covid happened and when covid happened they uh they closed down the base yeah. um man the covid just screwed everything up you know oh yeah the airlines took i mean they went into full panic mode you know they they just they didn't know what the future was going to be like. All these restrictions were in place. People yep. weren't buying tickets. Yep. Um, exactly you know, right. A lot, of people, a lot of people compare it to like 9/11, but this was like this was totally, you know, 9/11 was a big event, um, but this was a totally different event and actually even a bigger scale. That's what I was just uh, going to say. It was almost worse. Yeah, because of the shock value. You know, right. like 9/11 had a more long-term effect. It had a more, you know, um, people. They returned to flying, but they they returned to flying very slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was everything shut off like a faucet, and then and then the faucet reopened almost just as fast. So um, you know, so very uh, very different effects on the industry. And C- Cincinnati was kind of you know a lot of people called it a dying base for a long time, and <laughs> uh, the COVID was the final final nail in the coffin. Um, so so did a. Uh, year and a half of not flying at all um we yeah, were on the chopping block for being you know my seniority number was on the chopping block to be furloughed luckily through you know the congress bailouts and stuff we uh were able to keep our uh, our job the entire time yeah um good but because but because of that we got displaced to the 717 uh so i flew the 717 for just about six months and uh and then i you know it was cool to fly that one and stuff but it was it's still dc9 and kind of reminded me of the mad dog and i was like you know i'm ready for something bigger and better so that's when i uh, decided to go to the airbus nice where does uh where does delta have their their trading i guess that'd be at atlanta right yes yeah, so all of our training right now is atlanta they, they are it's I, I think it's confirmed uh, i'm not sure if they started construction on it but we're building a new training facility out in salt lake city oh nice um yeah yeah which should help a lot and you know we actually have you know obviously we have a base out there but there's also the seattle and the la base so uh that'll help um kind of with those guys as well because right now all those guys that live out there and base out there they have to uh they have to fly to atlanta to get training so it's a little bit more inconvenient than versus someone like me yeah i mean atlanta is really really busy who wants to go over and deal with that stuff well i guess you deal with that stuff every day so i guess it doesn't really matter for the pilots right that's kind of no, no. what you sign up for <laughs> yeah, the, the airport, I mean, I, I love the airport down there. It's one of the most efficient airports. Um, very little delays if you compare it to, like, Chicago or the Northeast. Um, if there's if there's weather that comes through, it usually clears up um, quickly, and the, and the air traffic control, you know, you might have to hold for a little bit, but they'll, but you get right in right after that. You know, it's a very, it's a very quick recovery um, airport. But, yes, I mean, it's been... Um, this summer it's been jam packed there. <laughs> jam packed. Well, that's okay. That that's job security, I guess. So uh, we're uh, we're talking with Matt uh, Brombach. He's the managing uh, director of Positive Control Network. You guys can check him out at poscon.net. That's p o s c o n dot net. And uh, you know, I I joined Poscon uh, 
I want to say a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, and have flown a handful of flights on there, and, and I really enjoy it. It's pretty cool, and it's really kind of fun to see how you guys are, are building up different features and stuff like that, and, and it's really cool. It's, it's exciting, um, as a matter of fact. So uh, what what tell, tell me what PostCon's really about. I mean, what are you trying to get out of, uh, what, are, what are you trying to get, the people that use your service, what, what do you want them to experience? What, what's the goal? Yeah, so I, I look at it as uh, me and AJ are trying to replicate as much as technically possible what it's like to do our jobs on a daily basis. We want to we wanna provide that experience and, and really elevate it to the next level. Um, and the way that we want to do that is, is, is through POSCON, not just from a technical standpoint, but also from a uh, philosophical standpoint. We want people to get onto the network, enjoy the network, and and really have the least amount of barriers to entry as possible. Um, and and through that approach, I think that we really can kind of change the landscape of the uh, online flight simulation network. Uh, I, I, I would agree with that, and, and that's really cool that you guys want to, it's almost like a like a fresh something new, you know what I mean? There's, there's, yeah, there's yeah. some other organizations that have, you know, been around for a very long time, and and you kind of, I don't know, it's kind of like doing the same thing over and over and over again, kind of like going to work every day, do the same job every day, and it just kind of gets, I don't know. I think you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and the other networks out there, you know, they, they, they've been around for a lot longer. They've, you know, hats off to them. They've, they've done a great job growing, expanding. I mean, one of, one of the biggest things that I have to say um uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I know you're a VATSIM guy. I, I was a VATSIM guy for, for years. I mean, I still am. I'm still a member over there. It's not like I don't use it ever. I use it still from time to time because right. I still have friends over there. Yep. Um, they Nothing wrong with that. Right, right. They um, really hats off to them that they were able to keep their service free to the community for all this time. I mean, if you think about just the technical cost of everything involved with, with to keep this stuff running... Um, it's more expensive than a lot of people think, and it's really a testament to the time on on how on how well they were able to uh, do that. So, and we want to try to do the same thing with 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 us as well. I mean, we're not we're not charging anything, and we want to keep it free. Um, so, uh, we're following all the same principles in that regard. But um, you know, it it can't. I I won't I won't say that it didn't play a big role in my flights and experience and 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 career. Also, you know, we're just trying to elevate it and push the boundaries of, of flight simulation just a little bit more yeah well that's good There's nothing nothing wrong with it and actually you know when you speak about pushing the the the, uh, the envelope a little bit more a lot of of uh, organizations uh, have been doing that most recently um and i'm talking about microsoft flight simulator of course um I was always a prepared kind of guy, and then just recently switched over, and I just I'm like, holy crap, where did all this stuff come from? I'm like, wow, that's neat, right? Yeah, yeah, and, it's it's changing, it's it's changing so quickly, um, and in a good way. Um, I'd never thought I'd see Microsoft make a new flight simulator. I thought I thought I once three 3D came in, came along along, yeah, that was gonna, that was gonna be it. I thought um, I thought the exact same thing. I was like, yeah, yeah this yeah. is it. And, and it kind of made you question, like, huh, what's what's the future going to be like? What's it going to look like five years from now, ten years from now? Yeah. You know, um, and I still have some of those questions, even with Microsoft Flight Simulator. We can get to that in a, in a little bit. Um, but yeah, the uh, 
the the community and the industry of flight simulation is changing so rapidly right now. It's the most rapidly I've ever seen it in my history in this hobby. Um, I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, it, we we have a pretty good relationship with Lockheed Martin and, and uh, Prepared 3D, and they've been a sponsor for us and stuff like that. And um, talking to their project managers, and um, that they, they have so much that that they want to do, and I'm not sure what. I'm not sure what their plan is as far as, you know, next versions and stuff like that. I haven't talked to them in a while, but um, I, I'm definitely impressed with Microsoft Flight Simulator. I'm, I'm pretty excited for the future. Now, Microsoft Flight Simulator, um, that works obviously on your network, right? Yes, yes. Uh, we're, we're compatible with all um, three major platforms, P3D, Microsoft Flight Sim, and um, X-Plane. Um, we're already... We're already set up and ready to go for X Plane Twelve. Our our developer that does that client, he's uh, he's he's been on it, and we're Good. all set for that whenever it releases. Also, good. Um, and uh, the big the, the biggest thing right now, and it's challenging for the whole community. It's not just challenging for us, but we uh, model matching. Um, that's my only pet peeve with the new flight simulator. Is uh, uh, you know I I had a group of friends that they kind of compiled something together, and that works pretty well. But um, it's 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 always a weird thing, you know, this model matching. You think some someone by now would come up with a common model library that all networks can use and and that everyone could share and everyone's you know, but but for some reason, people are protective over it and um, there's there hasn't been really a, a good solution for it. You know, FLAI was the best best uh, stab at it, and then you know they couldn't even make it work uh, over time. So. Um, that's that's my biggest frustration with the new simulator. Anyway, is the model matching. I don't know about you, with when in terms of online flying. Yeah, I agree that the, the FLAI was 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 pretty good, um, and and it sounded like there's just some politics that kind of got into it, and they had to kind of close it down for a little while. And I'm not sure if it's ever coming back, but um, it, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, it, it was a, a step in the right direction, stuff like that. I mean, you, you remember the old days when we would have to do model matching, and you'd have to copy over a folder from this and install it over here and edit oh, yep. your, your yep. config file, and it's just a bunch of... I mean, back then it was like, you know, I have to have this, so, you know, I want to do it. And, and nowadays it's like, oh, I have to do that. You know, now I used to just... I could just push a button or whatever, and it'd automatically install and stuff like that. So, Right, um, right. Hopefully you guys can get that get that figured out because that'd be really cool i think when they install your client um their pilot client it automatically uh installs different models is that right yes yeah, so we have a custom um custom compiled model library already for x-plane so as soon as you install the x-plane client it'll it'll install models uh fr from our server automatically for you so that's that's our most seamless install by far uh the the P3D and MSFS, it's it's left to the more traditional. Hey, here's your client, but you got to figure out your own model matching. Yeah. Um, but the the good thing about our uh, our software and, and our launcher is it it's a central hub that we have the ability uh, if someone ever wanted to kind of create a a master library that's 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 on Poscon servers, we, it can install to everyone's uh, system just by a click of a button. Um, that's that was one of the main main reasons why we wanted to go with this launcher. You know, we kind of thought of it as you play Call of Duty or World of Warcraft or any real major game nowadays. You have some sort of um, launcher program that that you load first before the actual game, right? And it, right. what does it do? It checks for updates. Well, that's what our launcher does as well. It it you know it every time you load it, 
it checks your updates, and if there's an update, you just hit, click a button, and boom, it downloads it, and you're good to go. Yeah. Um, so uh, we truly have a really good uh, ability to kind of adapt to, you know, if like I said, if we want to come up with a model matching library for MSFS, we have, we have the technology and the resources to do it. We just need the actual content to go in there now. And, th and that's the that's the work that has to go because because even if you want to do like virtual airlines and stuff like that, that's just gonna. <clears throat> I mean, how many virtual airlines are are there? You know, hundreds, thousands, probably. Right, right. Um, I mean, in an ideal world, I would I would love if we had, uh, let's say, uh, a uh, either a developer or a community that would say, here's a bunch of. AI models that you can that you can use and you can distribute it through the Plascon software, mm -hmm. and and then we have a secondary portal someplace where virtual airlines, or what we call actually virtual operators, uh, can uh, can upload uh, a livery and then that automatically syncs with that database. Uh, that would be that would be the ideal world ideal solution. Um, virtual operators, that's interesting. I haven't heard that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, <coughs> we we kind of started this virtual operator thing and basically we're, we're like hey there's these virtual airlines out there mm -hmm. let's let's again uh take it to the higher level and try to integrate them just a little bit more than hey their name is on a list with with their website right. um good and and we said let's like what would they be interested in and we kind of asked around and and this is still very very much in development it's not finished um but the basics of it are there um the uh, so let's say like you have let's say Sky Blue Radio had a VA right you say hey I want to be a operator on Poscon we go great uh, you, you we have a bunch of questions that you have to answer such as like what aircraft do you fly what what are your hubs um, uh, do you have a member list anywhere and what what we do is we then basically create uh, this is almost like a role playing situation we create an uh, operate we call it op specs in the airline it's operation specifications mm -hmm. and we actually list out like we will say okay well if, if you're uh i'm just gonna make this up here like you know if, if your ico code for your call sign is going to be sky for for sky you sky blue then your your uh your certificate code might be sky 002 alpha you know and then and then that boom that's your stamp of approval for saying hey you're you're an official virtual operator now here's your operating certificate and by the way here's your fleet here's your bases oh you want to fly um you know, you think your pilots are good enough that you can fly, uh, uh, let's say, NDB circling approaches down to 500 feet above the ground. You know, like you know, you can come up with a uh, any type of term or, or set of conditions, and and then uh, say, yeah, we're good to go for that. Our pilots are trained for that, and then and then we would add quality points to your virtual operator. So you're so you'd be valued at a higher, like almost ranking than. Uh, let's say an American VA that all they want to do is be put on the list because yeah. you guys took the effort to say, hey, like we're taking this to the next level. So, so it's kind of a unique, different approach to it, um, and I'm super excited about it. I think it's got a lot of potential, um, and then also we can our point system can tie into it as, as well, um, which I can talk more about the point system here in a little bit. But sure. I know that was kind of a lot of talking and. No, you're good. It, I, around, but. I was learning. That was cool. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I, that's really cool. 
because um, when you when you said you would issue the you know their operating certificate, I'm like, oh, I, you just got my wheels turning in my head because I'm like, oh man, I could have a sky blue radio operating certificate. I'll put it right there on my wall and blah blah blah. And I was like a little kid in a candy store. So, you know, uh, you know what people always say it's it's the little things that make a difference for us simmers, you know, and uh, and that, right. that that's that's definitely one that um, could 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 definitely make the change so um so that's pretty cool i want to give a, a quick shout out to our our friends at uh the pilot club they're out there listening they're flying tonight for american night operations and uh, uh give them a shout out thanks for tuning in guys check them out pilot club and then uh of course uh if you just joined us we're talking with matt brombeck he's the managing director of poscon and uh, positive control if you didn't know what that meant it's uh, poscon.net poscon.net please 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 check them out tell me how poscon came about why why are you here yeah so um me and aj like like i said before we were uh we met at great lakes we flew together out there Mm -hmm. um we kind of kept in touch for uh you know since since we left there uh, because he he was involved with with flight sim and batsim and 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 so was i yes he was yep Yep, yep. I think he was the New York or the ZNY uh, ATM for a while. He was, yep. He um, I can't remember the, exactly how long, but I know it was quite a, quite a bit. And that was the worst time too. That those Arctics were horrible when AJ was there. Man, it was just terrible. <laughs> the, the training was so oh long, wasn't gosh. it? Oh my gosh! I couldn't get off. I couldn't get out <laughs> of the delivery position. Man, it was horrible. <laughs> no, I'm just, um, I'm just kidding, AJ. If you're listening, and uh, <laughs> um, you know he we. We both wanted to advance our ideas and our ambitions, um, but when you're dealing with a bigger organization where you're only at a certain spot, it it, it would take time that you don't know is going to result in the, the changes that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so AJ had the opportunity to say, hey, I think I can actually do this. Um, and... Uh, he started. He started work on it. This was even before I even knew about it. Um, and I remember we were. I was in Boston actually, and I ran into him in the airport. And, um, and he's like, "Oh, hey, what's going on?" You know, let's, he's like, "Hey, you want to grab a beer?" I'm, I'm uh, overnight here. I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm right down the road. We're, we weren't staying that far apart." And um, so I was like, "Yeah, yeah." So you're I like, sent him there. He's like, "Hey, you're, you're like, I'm hey, let's grab a beer. I got a flight in an hour. We should be able to get a beer in real quick, right?" <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We were laying over. Let the record say that we just were kidding. on a layover. Just kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> um, and uh, the um, sorry, you got me. You got you got me laughing. One day. Um, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Um, so then when we were when we were there having having a beer and and he started telling me about what he was doing, I was like, I was like, I was like, really? You're actually doing this? Like, he's like, are you interested? And I was like, yeah, I'm interested. So. That was kind of like uh, we're, we're we both kind of got started with with Poscon and stuff, and or at least I got started with Poscon stuff, and uh, yeah, we just we just really wanted to kind of um, you know the the philosophy was he wanted to make it not just the next generation network, but also just a whole lot more efficient. You know, with with him being the sole owner, and let me clarify something too for the listeners out there. Um, you know, in in the past we had. Nico and Matt Davies. Nico was part of our. He was the initial one of the initial investors, uh, and and then Matt Davies came on shortly after. Uh, since since then, they 
both of them had separated ways. Uh, you know, everything was cordial. Everything was agreed upon. There was no, not any type of nasty fallout or anything. But there's still some people that think that they're involved in behind scenes, and that is not the case. So I just wanted to throw that out there that they are no longer part of Poscon. They they left years ago. Um, I can't give you an exact date because I don't actually remember. Um, but it's it's been at least two to three years. So they haven't have not been part of Poscon for at least two or three years. AJ is the sole owner and and uh, chief executive officer of it. Um, so, anyway, so just want to clear clear that for any anyone that was thinking that out there. That, that that's um, okay because I was going to ask you about that, and I'm glad you brought that up because you know, um, <clears throat> and not to open any old wounds, but you know, Matt Davies has been around for it's been around for a while, and uh, and you're right there. There was you know years ago there was a lot of rumors and stuff like that with him. So I'm glad you guys kind of moved on from that. So. Good on yeah, you. Yeah, and and you know at at the time you know there was decisions that were being made that AJ thought were in the best interest of a Boscon and just like any new organization that starts up or new business starts up, there's going to be some good decisions and there going to be oh, some absolutely. bad decisions. Yeah. This one was, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a bad decision, but it wasn't the right decision. Yeah, you know, it wasn't it wasn't moving us in the direction that AJ wanted the organization to go. Yeah. So and, and that's um, okay. That that that's how you learn. You know. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's not a big um, deal. And, um, yeah, so to go back to your original question, yeah, like we, you know. You are talking about drinking a beer and then going for a flight. <laughs> yes, uh, in, in a 12-hour delay, <laughs> in a 12-hour delay format. Um, I could say, how many beers is the max beers you can have before you actually go flying? Is it like seven or Oh six man! Or it depends on the it depends on the length of the layover. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, guys! The guys out there listening, we're just joking. Don't get all twisted up there. It's just a joke. Yeah, we're obviously everyone knows it's the eight, eight hour rule. Uh, most of us use twelve hours as as a as you know we we give a twelve a four hour buffer to that for for safety and yeah, um, it works really well that way. And then and then on top of that, like I, most most people don't go crazy because <clears throat> you just you don't want to feel bad the next day you know, yeah like, right you know so um, screw up your whole day yeah like you know there's 99 percent of us we take it very seriously you know it's you know there's always the one percenters out there but um i really haven't seen much of those one percenters in my career so yeah they're not not that much not that much out there if i hear about them it's usually from somebody else with a great buy you know then with a from a different airline you know yeah. it's not even usually from your own airline yeah um but um, so you tell, you, yeah. you let us know what you know what you guys are about, which is great. Um, I'm really happy to hear that. What about uh, how how far have you gotten so far? And then uh, I think the guys are going to want to hear about where where are you going next? What what's the next big thing for for positive control? Sure, sure. Well, we um, we we have a really good foundation right now. Um, we you know you can connect to the network. Uh, you can the voice works beautifully. Uh, we have the ERAM uh, radar client that is 90% complete. I wouldn't say it's fully complete, but 90% of the functions work, and you can do everything that you need to do uh, to control effectively. Uh, divisions have now started opening up, uh, which is which is a big step. So we we have a really good foundation to now grow. Um, there was some confusion in our past about like you know we were an invite-only beta for a while. And then about a year, year or a year and a half ago, uh, we decided, okay, well, let's we're not going to do an invite only beta. We're just going to, if you want to join, you join, but we're still in beta. Uh, and then six months 
later from that, we're like, or maybe a year later, we're like, okay, we're we're out of beta, you know. So so, but so there's some terms that we use that confuse some people. But at the end of the day, we're where we stand now. We're just like any other network. You can go to the website, sign up, uh, download our software, and connect. Now, I do have to say, there's one major difference that we have that other networks, as far as I, I'm not, I haven't really used iVideo, so that's the only one I don't really know about. Um, but when you join Poscon. We require you to do initial an initial CBT computer-based training, and it's only about I think I narrowed it down to 12 minutes, eight minutes. Uh, it's not it's not very long, and all it does is talk you through our philosophies, our policies, where to find stuff, and the reason for that is so that you're not completely lost when the first time signing in, and a lot of people think that you have to do that in order to fly. That's the, that's not necessarily true. It you can still connect on the very second that you verify your email and activate your account. It's just you, you'll be connecting in ghost, what we call ghost mode. And you can still see other traffic. You can hear other traffic. You just can't talk to, to traffic, just like being a ghost. So um, you know, if, if anyone's kind of hesitant on, oh, I don't know if it's worth it, because you know, some, some people get, um, get kind of scared over the CBT. They go, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't, like, don't want to take – this is going to take – 10 minutes, uh, I, I don't know, I'm not sure if that's worth it. Well, we understand that, and the, and that's why you can still connect to the network in ghost mode. Now, if you wanted to connect in live mode and talk to ATC and talk to other pilots, then yes, you do have to complete that CVT. But once it's complete, it's a one-time thing, and you don't have to do it again. Nice. Then what about for air traffic control? Do you have to do the same thing for, for that? Yes. I, I imagine that's a whole different animal, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Our air traffic control has a separate, uh, we call it ATC onboarding CBT, and but it operates in the same fashion. You can, uh, um, you can, you can join ATC, and you'll and it'll, it'll give you the ATC permissions, uh, but you won't be able to sign in until you complete that CBT. Um, and uh, <clears throat> that's another thing that I'm really proud of that we that we accomplished. Our ATC joining process is so quick and easy. Um, I forget, Jeff. Were you ever a controller on Vatsum at all? Oh yeah, I uh, I started out in uh, oh I don't know, it's about twenty plus years ago. I started out in Chicago with uh, Mark Zamita, who's now a uh, Chicago uh, air traffic controller, and then uh, went to Denver, and then uh, was a I, I was the Arctic chief over there actually, and then uh, moved up to the Vatsum Board of Governors for a while. And, gotcha, uh, gotcha. And now I'm just I'm just a, a normal normal Joe. So you're familiar with the um, the process of you know you had to was it join the United States division and then and then and then I, request yep. to join an ARTCC and then you're you're an observer and you have to submit training to then become an S1 S you know et cetera et cetera. Um, and so our process is you literally just go to the we call it HQ. Um, that's the main portion of the site when you sign in, uh, where it brings you to. So does and the HQ stand for headquarters? Yes, yes. It's okay. basically it's the hub of everything that you're going to do from Poscon. So like any time that you want to uh, look at the live map, uh, file a flight plan, look at the events calendar, uh, ATC booking, it's all, it's all done through HQ, which is headquarters. Okay. Um, and you simply just go to the division page and you say, I want to be controlled in the United States. It'll say become ATC if you're not if if you're not you know first time being ATC. Uh, you click that button. It redirects you to the CBT. You take the CBT. 
you go back to the United States division page, and then that button now changes to join as ATC. And when you do that, it goes boom. Your ATC authorities have been approved, and you're good to start controlling immediately. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, we've taken this approach for now because we're new, and we don't have uh, much traffic or much controllers. So we uh, are giving people benefit of the doubt and saying, if, you're, if, if you want to control and you're confident in your controlling, we're not going to test you on it. We're going to assume you know what you're doing. And people go, well, how do you know what they're doing? Um, well, that's where our feedback system comes into play. So if, if you're flying through Denver and you have a guy that signs on Denver Center and uh, he's, I don't know, playing, just playing music on the frequency, not controlling, and you go, what is this? You're like, I, like he's not controlling. Well, you can, you can submit a feedback on him and says, this guy wasn't controlling. He was playing Led Zeppelin. The whole time. Oh, well, there's nothing opinion. wrong with that. Led Zeppelin is awesome, man. <laughs> why? Why would somebody report I do, something I do, you'd like, like that? that one. That's why I made that. One. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we see that we can immediately, as uh, we have a whole moderator team, we can go, "Hey, uh, Joe." We'll just say this guy's name is Joe. Joe, uh, what are you doing? Uh, you're supposed to be controlling. Oh well, well, you know, he says something, and depending on his answer, we can we can either um, you know, we can take it from there. We can we can deduct points off his profile. Uh, we can remove him from ATC if we if we so be it. You know, we have all these different options that we can that we can that we can do with that individual. Um, and that's like an extreme example, but it can even come down to just simply this guy. Uh, you know, all he knows how to say is clear for takeoff. He doesn't know how to say anything else beyond that. You know, like and and then we would talk to him and say, hey, listen, like, are you? You know, we're giving you the benefit of the doubt here to, to sign in and work these work this traffic, and we're getting all this bad feedback on you. I think we should reconsider what you're doing. You know, um, so it's a really unique approach, in my opinion. I think it's it's very innovative and um, it's designed to help us grow in the beginning. Now, in a few, in a few years, hopefully a little bit less than a few years, you know, if we start getting more busy and stuff, then and we have um, a lot more people in place, yes, then we can start. Um, you know, talking about a more rigorous training program and making sure people are trained for positions. But without the traffic right now, it's almost um, uh, it's almost not worth doing anything more than what we're doing now. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. <clears throat> cool. Well, uh, let me do a station ID here real quick. Uh, we're talking with Matt Brombeck. He's the Managing Director of Positive Control Network. Check them out at poscon.net, P-O-S-C-O-N.net. Supply. 30 minutes before ship re-expansion. Oh, just enough time to obliterate all those little potential usurpers. Engine status? Nominal. Fuel supply? Full. Air supply? Very well. Through the lips, over the gums, look out testicles, here I come! Skyblue Radio, keeping you pressurized. All right, that was easy, right? It's, uh, let's see, 45 minutes into our incredible, awesome interview with Matt Brombeck. He's the Managing Director of Positive Control Network. Check them out, folks, poscon.net. They're great people, a very easy website to get into and around. And actually, I just connected to the network uh, to fly from uh, up in Canada down to 
Denver as SBR1. And I just got my CDPLC. Did I get all those letters right? CDPLC? <laughs> yeah, see, controller pilot data link yeah. connection. Somewhat, well, yeah, I can't remember what the last C stands for. <laughs> but whatever, I got my clearance. And uh, and uh, Squawk 7103. So I'll be taking off here uh, uh, shortly, headed to Denver on the positive controlled network. So that's pretty cool. We are awesome. getting a couple of uh, questions, uh, Matt. So. Um, if, if you've already answered these, I apologize in advance. Let me just throw this out there to you. And if if, sure. uh, if you did already answer, you know, guys are coming in and out. So um, maybe we just need to, to visit them again. So um, Serge from the Pilot Club, he wants to know, how many active pilots do you have right now? And uh, how do, how do uh, events fit into your network? I mean, uh, you know, right now, for example, um, Sky Blue and the Pilot Club, we, we do a, a Thursday fly-in. And... Uh, you know, pilot club kind of sets up where we're going to go, and and we promote it and sponsor it and stuff like that, and uh, it's a blast. I have a great time. And uh, how how do you guys handle that sort of stuff? Yeah, so our events are um, we've made a custom uh, events calendar on our website, and uh, I'd have to check to see. I'm not sure if if users can input events on there yet or not, but but. Um, but we can we can broadcast events on our HQ, which will show up not just there, but on our Discord. That's linked automatically, and uh, then we can also distribute it on social media. So we have a centralized events calendar system, and um, what you what you could do is it'll it's it's pretty unique in how it works. It, it can tie in divisions and particular areas, and then notify controllers. Um, so without going into too much detail, the, the the important thing is that we have an event system. Um, it's just it's pretty new, actually. I think this past spring we kind of uh, put it up there for the first time. We're still testing a little bit, um, but we uh, we definitely have the ability to do fly-ins, group flights, uh, really whatever you want. Um, if it doesn't work on the website, let us know, and we'll make it work. Um, that's you know that's another philosophical you know philosophical thing that. Me and AJ have tried to create here. We we try to create something that stuff can get done efficiently. Right, um, makes sense. You know, we have our development team, uh, which, by the way, I just want to say like huge shout out to our development team. That we've had a really good group, uh, core group of uh, guys over the years that they've really put in a lot of time and effort, and they're our, they're our, our you know our backbone of our community. And and uh, I can't say enough nice things about them. They're from all over the world, all different cultures. Uh, just really good group group of guys and Good. um you know we don't have to go through a board of directors like the buck stops with aj you know i kind of step in for aj when aj is busy with work and stuff but mm -hmm. um we um you know it, it gives us but with 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 the leadership style that we're running it gives us the ability to make decisions quickly um without going through a, a big debate uh That's on it good um to your first part of the question about how many active pilots yeah uh Really, it depends on what your definition of active. I, I, I you know, we we have over twenty thousand uh, registered members. Uh, okay. But from an act activity good. standpoint, during the week, you'll see an average. Uh, it ranges from five to fifteen online throughout the day. Okay. Weekends are our busiest. Uh, you'll see a peak on sat Saturdays and Sundays are our busiest days. Uh, you know, twenty to thirty people uh, online flying. Brazil is super active. Uh, they got a great community down there. Um, so if you want. If you want your best chances of pilots in ATC, that's the place to go right now. Um, this is Brazil. Yep, yep. Um, what, what about air traffic control? Uh, air traffic control, I would say it's uh, between 
the Netherlands is, is usually active. Brazil is very active, and then and then the USA is our uh, it's spotty on and off. I control there the most, obviously. Um, and but really, if you know a lot of a lot of people are looking for reasons to to use us. You know, we're very a lot of people are like. You know, they would describe it as a chicken and egg problem. They're like, they want to fly, but there's no ATC. ATC want to control, but there's no pilots. Uh, yeah, so, you have to uh, kind of the building block kind of thing. So that, right, right, that, that's right. something so, that comes with time, I think. Right, right. So I, I would say, you know, if, if you said the, um, was, this question came from the pilot club. Uh, yeah, right. A yeah, search from the pilot club. We, we would love to have you guys try it out one day. We can, we can literally talk about anything that you that you want like you know if you guys want to do a group flight with ATC we could we can come up with a, a route and 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 get people on board uh, or if it's something where you guys just want to fly VFR around the Grand Canyon we could do that too you know like just you know the uh, I'll give you my email Jeff so anybody that wants to discuss anything it's operations at poscon.net operations at poscon.net okay cool yep Good. Uh, what about uh, training organizations on the network? Do you, um, are you guys getting? Is that planned for the future uh, for pilots and uh, and uh, I guess air track patrol as well? I know you're just you're you're getting your Arctic set up and stuff like that, but um, I haven't dug in enough to see um, if local uh, Arctics have training programs set up and stuff like that, or or uh, is it like we talked about before where? You're you're saying okay, I'm going to trust you for now until you start screwing up, and and then we're going to give you the boot. Does that make sense? Yeah, right. Right now, it's the it's the trust factor through feedback uh, across the board. Uh, we are about to. There's certain divisions that are going to want to. They're going to start restricting positions, and they're going to have their own internal way of figuring out uh, a training checkout or a quiz. You know, that's it's that's a little bit um, up in the air right now, and it's all based off what the local division wants and the division manager. Uh, in terms of the broader training, uh, we do plan on having an academy-style training in the future. We've already started work on it, um, but we just we j- we're working on the infrastructure part of the website for that nice. um, right now. And, and I don't know. Unfortunately, I don't have an ETF when that would become available. Um, it's more of a you know it's a project that needs to be done, but we also need the um, the tr- the tr- the I don't want to say traffic, but the we need we need, we need the meat behind it for it to work. You know, we can spend all this time developing it right now, but then if no one's going to use it, then right. it's a we have other priorities. It's you know it's a priority on development cycle thing. And, um, and I would agree with that. That, that that's a good call. I think so. Right, it, right. But if it's in the future, then then that's great. You know, good yep, for you yep. guys. And then uh, briefly earlier, we talked a little bit about model matching. Um, the Poscon pilot client. Um, refresh my memory that works with microsoft flight simulator and um how accurate would you say that it is now because i i know when i installed it 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 updated and stuff like and speaking of pilot client it just popped on my head uh you have ross uh carlson involved in in that stuff and he's a pretty pretty uh popular guy and um very intelligent actually um is he helping you guys develop that that stuff I guess so. Yeah, right. Uh, he was he was part of the initial development process. Oh, okay. Uh, s- since then, he uh, has moved on to other projects. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I I can't speak to the exact details of that. Um, I can only assume it's probably related to his company. Um, yeah, he's a busy guy. That's but, for sure. Yep. Yep. Um, but he's yeah he's 
he was a great guy. He 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 gave us some initial work, but he's not working uh, on any active development projects right now. But okay. our our pilot client was uh, developed by him for P3D and MSFS. Uh, you know, it's a, it's the same same, same client thing. works for both. Yeah, cool. Um, and uh, try to think. I, I feel like there was a question before that. There was another part of that question that I I feel like I missed. We talked about we, events, the active. Yeah, we uh, talked about training organizations on the network, and then uh, and then we went into this model matching. Gotcha. Yeah, we we basically like um, kind of like what I was saying before <coughs> the the model matching. We're unfortunately don't have a, a a real concrete solution on the P3D MSFS right now, but no networks really do. So it's kind of a. I agree with that. Uh, you got to find your own path, your own your own way. Yeah. Uh, we we hate it we, deep down inside we. We we hate it that it's that way. We we want we wish that uh, we'd have a better solution to it, or or have an organization that would like to work with us to, you know, uh, distribute their files. But unfortunately, um, it is what you know, it we're is, the same man. boat as everyone else. Yeah, it, it is what it is, and you can't expect to be perfect, you know, right, right. Right, right out of the gate. And and you know, sometimes it takes years, and sometimes it doesn't. It just depends on how how things flow. So um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, Serge also said from the pilot club, thank you, uh, Matt, for furthering the air traffic control for the flight sim enthusiasts. Um, so that's pretty cool. Tell us more about, um, yeah, and if I may, Jeff, real quick on, on, on that in terms of furthering the, sure. the, this, the, you know, for the community, um, Poscon, Poscon is in a very unique position, uh, that we're not, we're not busy yet. You know, like you go to, you go to Vatsim. Or IVO, and 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 you're a first-time flyer, or you're a first-time ATC. It can be extremely overwhelming. Um, you know, talking on the radio, figuring out what you're supposed to do with an airplane, charts. Like, how do I read a chart? You know, like, um, Poscon's the perfect place that if you're not comfortable or you need to grow some confidence, we're the, we're the network to do it because um, you're not going to screw up a big fly-in. Uh, you're not going to screw up an FNO. You're not going to screw up across the pond. Like, you can you can literally do almost whatever you want on our network right now and and no one's going to be upset with you about it or yell at you on frequency and and if you do do something wrong it's okay we had that's our feedback system our feedback system i can i can tell that person hey just so you know uh when i when i gave you this approach you were supposed to do this but you did this here's a link to read this and and that goes directly to that user and there's no getting called out publicly on it there's no uh, embarrassment over it. Um, that's good. That's that's one of like I think our biggest strengths is is our feedback system. It it allows it kind of solves the pilot training issue in my mind. Um, you know, pilot training comes up a lot uh, in debate, and a lot of people think that there needs to be a certain level of basic training done. But if you think about it, an online network. I mean, you're talking a massive amount of resources to get that done. You're yeah. talking like, how are you going to reach out to each individual person? Right. Are they going to re- require to do a quiz or a test? Like, well, who's going to administer that quiz? What's What's going to be the pass or fail? Yeah. You know, how How do you determine what questions a good question to be on there? Um, and I I think a better approach is assume they know what they're assume that they know that they're do, assume. I can't get this straight. Assume that they know what they're doing until they do something wrong, and then when they do something wrong, provide them feedback. Not not like, hey, you did this, you suck. No, like be like, hey, you did this, here's the correct way to do it, with a reference to it. That's going to have a much greater effect, and it uses 
way less resources to do that as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And 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 you, you kind of think about that too. Is that um, the way you approach a, a new person and 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 you know you tell them, hey, you're screwing up. Uh, that that's just one word that that guy hears or girl hears, and they're never back. Right, know? right. And, I, and, I, and I, that's why I was I was like, I appreciate that. You know, you guys kind of do it in private and stuff like that because uh, a lot of people don't learn by by yelling by getting yelled at, and unless you're in the military, of course, and and even that is a challenge at times. So, um, so yeah, cool. All right. So, uh, tell us about um, some of the main features that you've developed uh, to enhance our online flight simulation. Because we've talked about it uh, a little in this past hour about um, you know different organizations and stuff like that. And you're not here to talk about them, of course. We're here to talk about yours. What uh, what have you guys done to? Um, to enhance online flight simulation. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, we. One of my favorite things is our, our everything is server based, um, so uh, you can follow your flight plan five days ahead of time. Uh, just all the all the same real world timelines that we that that the real world uses, we we mimic. Um, so if you you know today you can follow flight plan to go from uh, you know JFK to Heathrow departing on the 5th and it'll sit there and you can you it, it'll it'll sit there reserved to you until until you until you connect and activate it and you can only activate it 30 minutes 30 minutes prior to departure and two hours after and if you're not within that window the, the flight plan is not available you know, like and and uh that, that's a really cool thing we got the custom made atc radar clients got built-in weather next rad radar on there which is awesome uh you don't have to reference another radar when looking at. Wait, uh, where, where's that at again? Where's the next route again? That's on our radar client. Or oh our, yeah, yeah, here it is. Right, I see it right now. Okay, got it. Yep. Um, the the live map uh, it updates just as fast as the server refresh updates. Uh, I can't remember the exact technical how fast it does, but you can literally, you know, watch. You can almost control tower by just looking at the live live map. Um, you, you know, you can, it moves that quickly. Um, so that's a really cool feature that we have. Let's see the, uh, the, the rankings. Uh, so we have quality point, quality points and reliability points. Every time that you follow a flight plan and you activate it, keywords activate, you get five points added to your reliability. Um, cause our philosophy is if you follow a flight plan and you actually take off and do it, you're more re you're more reliable because you followed a flight plan and, and actually did it. Not versus if you just follow a flight plan and never activate it, then you're not as reliable. Um, so uh, and and then it gets ranked. You, you know your total. So that's reliability points. Then you have quality points. Uh, that's dr directly tied to you know if our training modules completing the CBT. The welcome to CBT gives you 50 points. Uh, so everyone starts off with 50 points. And then if someone follows feedback on you and says, hey. Uh, Jeff, you you know really how to fly that 737. I watched you did that landing, and that was the best 737 landing I saw. A moderator looks at it and goes, "Yeah, that uh, you know, great feedback. You know, thanks for encouraging a fel you know fellow community member. Here's here's a uh, here's 15 quality points." But, which then, of course is true. You know, everybody says, "You know, I can fly a 737. I can fly <laughs> it. I just can't land it." Right. <laughs> um, so those those are just a few of my main. Or my favorite features that we have. Uh, I mean, we just 
we have tons. Uh, uh, oh, I almost forgot. Like in- integrated CPDLC. That's another. You know, you were talking about it before about getting your squat code. Uh, we're the first network to have integrated CPDLC to our actual network and servers. Um, and what that allows us to do, like if 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 I was online controlling you right now, Jeff, you're up there in Canada. I can actually send you instructions uh, via that CPDLC system, and 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 you can see it. You'll get a message in your SIM uh, if you if you don't comply with it within the two minutes. But then also uh, you'll see it on the website. It'll say uh, I can give you like an altitude, like climate maintain flight with two four zero, and it, it works exactly the way it does in the real world. We've we've taken me and AJ's experience, and we've told the developers, hey, we want to make this. We've given them tons of documentation on it, tons of experiences, you know, photos, videos, and and then they were able to replicate it. Um, and that's that's another that to me is a game changer because uh, other networks use uh, the Hoppy A uh, Cars network or CPLC network, and and then it ties into aircraft developers, right? Uh, you know what they put in their panels. And that works good, but it's not. But it's not integrated. You know, like it's not. It's not part of their network. We made it so that you don't even have to have. Like, what did aircraft have ha- have it on? Uh, flight sim right now. I know the FS Labs has it. Does PMGG aircraft have them? I not don't know not does. for uh, PMGG has it, but not for uh, Microsoft Flight Sim. I think it's right. just for uh, for uh, P3D. Right, right. Um, I forget. Uh, uh, Phoenix might have it. Uh, I think also on on the new sim, uh, but bottom line is ours doesn't. You don't, you don't, you can you can use CPDLC in a Cessna default Cessna. You don't have to have that payware add-on. So we we try to make it so it's more accessible um, to to everyone um, on a much more clean, modern basis, uh, and also to the HTC as well. It's built into the radar client. Um, Let's see some of the other uh, features. Uh, now that my brain's thinking about it here, yeah. Uh, the refresh rates, we're you know they're they're really fast. That so you can do formation flying with military jets or GA. Um, we're kind of the pioneers on that one. Uh, the voice software is excellent. Uh, you can fly in the in train, and as you descend th- uh, lower in the train, and you have another buddy on the other side of the train, yeah. you'll hear the static increased, and it increases exponentially based off you know. The distance and the elevation and anything you know, curvature of the Earth, every, everything. The completely custom-made voice software. I can't say good, good enough things about it. Um, I thought the Earth was flat. Oh, that's why. That's why it doesn't work the way it's supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> see, they'll learn you. Aren't you glad you're um, here? <laughs> and we actually, we actually even went down to the smallest details of, you know, me and AJ were sitting on here one night. We're like, we're like, hey. Why can, why why can we hear yourself clearly, from one end of the airport to the other? And we were referencing Dallas Fort Worth. We're like, this is a big airport. You wouldn't be able to hear, you know, one aircraft on the ground, one aircraft on the ground because of like buildings in between. And and we actually sim- we actually came up with a solution and how to simulate that with our voice. Like, and and sure enough, if you put yourself one side of the airport and one the other side of the airport, and you're both on the ground, you can't yeah. hear each other. And then if, and as soon as the aircraft takes off. You're passing through like 20, 30, 40, 50. You know, like you'll hear a static, and then all of a sudden now you can hear the pot once you're above the tree line and, and, and building line. So um, pretty cool. Yeah, we put so much detail into that that it's it just works awesome. Um, and then finally, our, our 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 newest feature, newest major feature, is the compliance timer. Have you heard about that yet, Jeff? 
Uh, I don't know. I don't think I have. Yeah, so we can the the air traffic controllers can initiate a compliance timer to a pilot. So let's say they're unresponsive, they're um, not following agency instructions, they're conflicting with other traffic. They can actually uh, instead of uh, sending, we call it a um, uh, a moderator, or a re we can report a user, and that alerts our moderators that like, hey, like you know, basically the same thing as a supervisor. You got to come handle this this troublesome pilot. It, this puts the responsibility more efficiently and quickly into the controller's hands, where they, that yeah, as soon as they initiate it, it gives them three minutes, three minutes to comply. If they don't comply, it, go, it forces them into ghost mode. That's um, exactly. That's funny that you mentioned that because I was just going to talk about ghost mode, and, and I guess I just didn't put two and two together. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that so that's another major game changer is that you don't have to wait on that supervisor or what we call moderator. Well, you don't have to wait for that moderator to intervene. If that guy's interfering with traffic or not not uh, listening to your instructions, yeah, and puts him puts him in the ghost mode, and now that, that pilot uh, will get a notification on their sim saying, "Hey, you've been put in the ghost mode." Uh, they have to request to then unghost, and that gets sent back to the controller, and the controller then looks at it and goes, "Hmm, well, are you in a position that's not going to cause a conflict? Are you, you know, do I think that you're actually going to do the right thing?" And 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 bottom line is that he, he um, he, the controller, he, you know, he or she get uh, has the ability to then approve or deny that unghosting request, and. It, so it doesn't boot you from the network. It puts you in the ghost mode, um, which is, I think is a much softer way of, of handling incidents or troublesome pilots. Or I don't know uh, how uh, Pilot Edge like the uh, Pilot Edge handles it, or IVAO. I know how that sim, of course, does, but I don't know about the other guys either. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I know. Yeah, I know. I know Vatsim does the hard disconnect if, if they have to. Um, uh, this this one is you know we we again we wanted to try to preserve. The user's experience as much as possible, um, and to do that is you just put them in ghost mode. They become a ghost, you know. Like, and they they don't they don't ruin anyone else's ex uh, experience. Ooh, ghost mode. Uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, what else do you want to talk about? What 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 Man, am I missing? I think I got there any, pretty much everything. Any other questions about about Poscon? Because obviously, I'm very passionate about it. Um, <clears throat> that is you know. very obvious, and that that's very refreshing and very cool to uh, to hear. You know, I do a lot of interviews, and uh, and that's that's really cool to hear your your energy. You're getting me excited. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, what else do you want to do? You want to tell us how long have you guys been been out? When when did you guys flip the flip the switch, so to speak? Um. So let's see. That would probably be 20... I know in 2020... It was 20, I th AJ went to Expo in 2019. It was 2020 didn't happen. That was an invite-only part. Yep, I remember seeing him. And uh, shortly after that, it went to more... It was a register on the website, and then you get an invite randomly based off... We were doing like a scaled invite process. So I, I, th I, I believe it was... Like January 2021, we went into public beta, and then December of 21 is when we announced that we were out of beta. And that, again, that was that was uh, core. All the core infrastructure was done. So like you know, you you can connect to the network, you can talk to people, you can sign into the agency radar client, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so 
So yeah, I guess we could say the the public has been able to join since January 2021. Nice. And uh, four years of development in total, uh, I think, is what got us to the point that we're at now. And then <clears throat> I, I imagine that, you know, as you build a network or or as you build anything, a business or whatever, um, the building never really stops, you know? No, no. Um, we're, what, what, what do you have planned for, you know, for the future? What, what do we have to look forward to? Yeah, so we're, uh, we're going to be doing a lot of uh, uh, UI, UX design changes. We've received a lot of feedback over the past uh, year, year and a half on, you know, some of our stuff's a little bit confusing on where to find it or where to go. Um, there's some confusion on the flight plan filing that's always been uh, at us from day one. Uh, even though it's got SimBrief integration, um, you know, just just about like where to find it on HQ. You know, like that, like like there there's certain UX and UI design changes that we that we want to do with that. Um, we want to uh, we're going to be changing our, our our launcher software to be even better than what it is now to have it give you more information. Um, a lot of pilots have requested that they want to use that as like their main hub when flying on the network. They don't want to use HQ; they'd rather use the launcher. Um, and which I can see why, you know, like they they want to use it as an application, maybe on a different monitor or while they watch Netflix on you know <laughs> their web browser or something. Uh, you know, so there's there's various functions with that, and um, uh, you know, there's 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 other bigger projects that I'm not. Not ready to discuss yet, but but they are that's more okay. game changers. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. No big deal. Um, but you, you know I, what you should do is um, you should integrate Sky Blue Radio into to your launcher. You know, um, maybe if they <laughs> tuned into one, two, three, four, five, they could. Uh, yeah, you know what? That's yeah, a be, good idea. That, that, that's a good idea. Be, Let's do that. That'd be an interesting. Uh, you know, speaking of frequencies, because you know all of our all of our transmissions, they all use real uh archag position locations you know not just geographically but altitude uh i think it would be really funny to have a sky blue radio antenna someplace in the someplace in the united states like maybe maybe in denver uh on top of a mountain someplace and and you can only listen to it within a certain radius of of denver uh because then you you know that you're within range of uh of sky blue radio but that that was just something funny i was thinking of there this i wonder if that would even be possible i guess technically it would be but um, I imagine, yeah i'm i'm sure you could do that um something to think about I, I i like my original idea better though so i'm gonna i'm gonna start bugging you and aj about that sure sure no now's, <laughs> now's the time to ask us about it because that the new launcher is is uh currently in development um but yeah i guess uh some other other projects that we're working on um td uh they call it tdd tdls um i can't remember the acronym what that stands for i think it's tower data link system it's another it's an a to c app that um it'll help issue clearances you know like so you know how right now when you got your squat code uh or you log in the cplc it'll, it'll give you a squat code back instead of just a squat code the system will allow controllers to input Certain parameters such as like your departure procedure, runway, initial climb altitudes, and so what, when you do that, what's that called again? What's that called again? Uh, TDLS, Tango Delta Lima. Okay, Sierra. got it. Um, and it's part of uh, it's part of flight management that ATC have. Uh, that's something that we're that we're working on. That's almost ready to go. Um, we're also going to have an EDST uh, system. 
which that's for in-route uh, A2C functions that help with traffic management and stuff like that. Um, we just brought on a, a new developer recently that's going to, he's going to help develop a, a web-based uh, A2C client, uh, another kind of game changer. Uh, you know, a lot, because we, we built our entire A2C client off, off the ERAM, uh, which is only what the FAA uses. So the rest of the world, and, we, and we've had tons of requests, you know, from controllers in Europe and Asia and Australia that like, hey, you know, this stuff's cool, but this is not what we use over here. Uh, do you, can you make a, uh, I, th I think they, I forget the, it's not Euroscope, but it's another software, like TopSky, I think it's called. Yeah, they want. right. So someone's going to take a, a stab at that and try to make it uh, web-based, which um, the great benefit for that is you can use it anywhere. You don't have to download software. You just log into the website. And then that, that'll allow Mac uh, MacBook users to actually have it work in ETC client, um, which I, I had a MacBook for a long time. I switched to back to a Windows one for now, but uh, yeah, that was always a big, big pet peeve <laughs> was <laughs> the lack of lack of ATC software on, on Macs. Yeah, I think I can't remember the there was one for uh, for Mac, but I can't remember what the name of it was. I, I'm not a Mac guy, so I don't uh, I don't remember what the name of it was. Um, well, yeah, I had a MacBook matter. Pro. It was a 2015 model, and uh, to this day, it works just as good as it did on day one. I mean, it's just, they're incredible. They're expensive, you know, when you buy them, but they're they're incredible machines. Just not really great for gaming. Yeah. Okay. Well, what else uh, you got? What, what what else would you like to let people know about your your uh, awesome organization and and uh, how can they get involved and and uh, where where do you need help? Yeah, so uh, right now it's all about uh, divisions. We're really focusing on divisions. Um, you know, uh, we need division managers for all over. Uh, also, facility data. Uh, facility data. Uh, so everything that works, whether it's squat codes, uh, CPDLC login, uh, uh, the radio, you know, the RCAG positions. Uh, all the sectors that exist, you know, like within a certain FIR or ARTCC, uh, the uh, those are all areas that we we're constantly going to need. Um, and even if you don't want to be a division manager, you can um, you can help you can help out with facility data. You can help out uh, with SOPs. If you you know, we have um, we have this section of our forums called the doc document system or docs for short. Yeah. And it's a kind of a wiki style uh, editor. It's very easy to edit, upload stuff on there, um, and uh, we 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 wanted to move away from the PD, the traditional PDF stuff or the PDF formats. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I like PDFs. They're they're great, but it, it it's a it's when you're dealing with a big organization with people from all over the world. You know, when it comes down to updating stuff, it could be a pain to update a PDF file because you got to change it and then re, you know. Remove it, then upload the new file. Well, this way, it's all on the website, and you literally just hit a little cogwheel, and you say edit, and you edit it. You yeah. Um, and, and you've already got, you know, 10,000 things going on in the first place, and you have to kind of stop. You have to slow down to do that. And Yeah, I agree. Yep, exactly. Um, and so we're, we're actively hiring division managers. Actually, if, if anyone goes to our Discord, our... our uh, uh, and, and you can and you can join our Discord by going to poscon.net/discord. Uh, there's a channel on there called Help Wanted. Uh, those are additional positions uh, that we're uh, looking for. There could be uh, developers or 
uh, more higher level managers than Division One. So uh, Discord's a great place to get that info and also stay up to date. You know, me and AJ try to update the community as much as we can on new features, developments. Uh, you know, coming on Skyblue Radio as an example. You know, we let let our community know. So um, and 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 also uh, this this goes to back to what I was saying before about our philosophy and how we want to run things. Our public Discord, me and AJ are always looking at it and talking to people like you. Any community member, it doesn't matter if you're a brand new one or been with us since the very beginning. Uh, you know, you can ask a question. Uh, you, you can tag us. You can, you know, uh, and you have a direct direct line of communication directly to the the, the upper-level directors and, and owners of the network, uh, which a lot, of, a lot of other networks, you know, you can't do that. You can't, you can't talk to the... The head guy, and so we think that's really cool that you have the action to actual, the ability to actually talk to us and get your questions uh, answered and, and whatnot. Just a very open door policy, you know. So that's cool. You gotta, you got to be user friendly. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and AJ, he he's he's also very adamant about um, you know if he's traveling someplace and and you live in a certain area uh, and and you're of age, like hey, let's go meet you know. Let's go grab dinner and get 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 a beer. Yeah, uh, he, he's met tons of people abroad doing that. Um, when he was on the seven five seven six, now you know now he's back domestically on the he's on the A three twenty now as well uh, at American. But um, the uh, yeah, he's met tons of people abroad doing that and stuff. So we're we're always we're always willing to kind of expand that that social aspect and the community aspect as well. We think it's really important. Nice. All right. Well, you know, we certainly appreciate uh, you know being here. We got you have uh, people listening to the show from all over the world, like United States, England, um, South Africa, Canada, Germany. Um, that that's just to name a few. There, there's quite a few. So that's really cool, and I hope that we're able to to get you some people in there and uh, have some fun. I know that I just took off actually from uh, from up there in Canada. So hopefully. Uh, Hopefully I'll be able to land in one piece. I haven't been too good with my landings lately, and I just maybe I just need to practice. I don't know. <laughs> Are you flying um, Microsoft Flight Simulator? I am. Yeah. How do you li- how are you liking the um, now that we're in the the age of high fidelity add-ons? You know, um, I was real nervous moving over to uh, Microsoft Flight Sim uh, just because I'm a I'm an older guy and I don't like to I don't like to make a lot of changes unless they unless I have to I guess. Um, but once um, PMDG came out with the 737, I'm a huge fan of PMDG, and um, so I naturally switched over, and I can't get enough of it now. Um, I upgraded my graphics card and my my power supply and stuff like that, and I'm just uh, I really like it. I don't do too many other uh, add-ons besides that. Um, I think it's Rex Simulation that has a a real-world uh, weather add-on. <clears throat> I'm sorry, a weather engine. But, uh, and that's kind of, for me, it was kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say buggy, but it just didn't work as well as, as I had hoped. Do you, um, that actually brings up a good question. Uh, how does weather work on POSCON? Yeah, so um, we have, well, when you say work, like, are you talking about, like, is there anything injected in the servers? That yeah. Asking? Yeah. So if I take off, are you automatically taking care of the weather for me? Or is a weather add-on uh, needed or required or preferred or, you know, whatever? 
So our po- our policies state that it's it's um, it's prefer. Actually, let me let me pull that up real quick because I, I haven't looked at that policy in a while. It's it's preferred, obviously, but if you're not using it, um, I believe it says that you're uh, that you're not required to if you're not interfering with anybody else. Let me. Uh, it's something along those lines. Let's see if I can find it real quick here. Well, what, what do you mean? It, that it's preferred that you do use it. Or? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, because there's a there's a rule that's a, that we have that says pilots must use real world slash real time winds aloft and atmospheric pressure settings. Oh, I got it. Okay. Yeah. Because um, uh, the server doesn't we there's we don't at least we haven't figured out yet. We haven't figured out a way for the server to inject weather into people's simulators. Um, so you know, as an example here. Uh, Pots can use whatever weather, what what whatever other weather settings they would like to use, as long as the settings do not interfere with air traffic operations. Pots are not required to use the correct time of day. So, so th- we we decided that, like you know, one example is, let's say you're you're flying and and you hate flying at in real time because you'd rather fly in the daytime. Yeah, like, I'm not much of a night guy. I'm a I'm a dusk day kind of guy. Right, right. So we're so we're like, okay, that's okay. Uh, and then we're like, okay, well, what if they don't have, you know, how many times have you been in a group flight and you got a 100-knot headwind and everyone's doing 400 knots across the ground? Yeah. Someone, someone else is flying behind you yeah. and air traffic control saying, say speed, and they're like, uh, we're doing Mach 0.76, and you look at yours, and the controller comes to you next and says, say speed or say Mach, and you go Mach 0.79. And the, and the controller goes like, okay, well, how's that possible? That's the guy's going slower he's going faster <laughs> than you, you know? So... In that situation, that would be that would be like a compliance timer situation. You know, the the controller would say, "Hey, pilot, you're devi- you don't have the right, your winds aren't correct here uh, yeah. with everyone else. Uh, do you have a way to comply with this? Yes or no?" And, and if he says, you know, he'll the first op- the first option is obviously work them find a solution that works for everybody. But then if, if if for some reason they can't come to an agreement, that's when the compliance timer situation comes in and they can become ghosted because now they're interfering. Now they're breaking a policy. They're interfering with everyone else's flight and operations. Yeah. But if but if they're the only one in the airspace, then we're like, okay, well that's, you know, nothing we can do about it. You know, you're you're on your own. You're not interfering with anybody. We we want you to use real weather, but if you're by yourself, you're not. You know, you're not affecting anybody else. Right. Right. Uh, just to kind of refresh, uh, we've had some new people join in. We're talking with Matt Brombeck. He's the Managing Director of Positive Control Network. Check them out, people. Uh, P-O-S-C-O-N.net. POSCON.net. A online uh, flight simulation uh, network. Provides air traffic control and all kinds of cool stuff. So, I can't remember. Um, it used to be that with a pilot client, I think it was with Vatson, that you could... Uh, when you connected, it would automatically pull the weather from wherever you're at. But the problem with that was, is that um, it wasn't very detailed, and it was an hour behind, I think. So, um, so now you know, Active Sky came along, and I love Active Sky, and um, and then the Rex simulations, and I think uh, I was just kind of curious how you guys, how you guys did that, I guess. Yeah, so, um, and let me rephrase to you, like, it's not that we haven't figured it out. It's something that we have to figure out how 
how to make it work on a global scale. So uh, weather is one of those things where there's a lot of different sources, and the sources could be either limited to certain geographic areas, or they could slightly differ from each other. Um, and then what do you do with that data? You know, like, so, um, you know, so, and, and, then, and then on top of that, if you find one that's a good global solution, is there a cost associated with it? You know, um, a lot of these, a lot of, a lot of these, you know, it's just an API or, or, or source, uh, you know, most of the stuff in the U.S. weather-wise is free because uh, our government provides it. But you go outside of that and, you know, other governments might not give it for free. But, th but then there might be a U.S. company that offers it, but they're not going to offer it for free. They're going to charge you. So it's something that um, we would like to come to a solution on, on it in the future. Uh, but as of right now, it's just simply not a priority. Yeah, you know, it's, no big it's, deal. Uh, uh, but yes, our, I mean, <clears throat> from a technical standpoint uh, and a philosophical standpoint, we'd like to say, we'd like to say anything is possible. Give us give us a problem, and we'd like to we'd like to come up with a solution for it. Yeah. Um, well, Microsoft Flight Sim has their own weather engine too, but you know, just like any other network or you know software or whatever, um, it, it can be buggy at times. Um, so um, yeah, so that'd be kind of cool if you guys come up with that in the future. That'd be kind of cool, but. Like I said before, I I get that there's other things going on, you know. Yep, yep. So when um, you so, I, so you fly in real life, of course, and yep. then um, do you fly flight simulator? And if so, what what do you fly? And what's your favorite aircraft, airport? What kind of add-ons do you have? Yeah, so I I still fly from time to time. Uh, usually, when I'm having busier weeks or busier months, I flight some less, just because. Um, when I get home, I'm like, ugh, I don't want to see another airplane uh, type of thing. But, uh, you know, like this week in particular with COVID, I was definitely hitting up the sim for a little bit. My personal favorite right now is the Fenix Airbus for 2020. Um, now that I fly that airplane, um, it is, I, I have a really hard time finding anything wrong with it. Um, they really did an incredible job. Simulating the MCDU. Is that the stock uh, Airbus or? Yep, the A320. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh, I like down to the smallest details where I was like, "There's no way that they got this." And sure enough, I do it, and it's like, "Boom, it works." I was like, "Holy cow!" Like it just it impressed me beyond belief uh, on how accurate they they got that. And I and I was a big FS Labs fan for a long time with P3D. I used and that's to, what I was just going to say. The best. FS Labs. Yeah, the, the, I thought that was the best airplane. You know, they, they really stepped up the game in terms of the integrations with uh, SimBrief and the effects on it with the weather and how the lights look and all that stuff and yeah. uh, the icing and everything. Um, but then, you know, that once you get that real-world experience, I, I just the other day was playing around with, like, okay, well, did FS Labs do this? And the FS Labs had a little bit more wrong with it than I originally thought. And it and it's still a good product. It's still a good airplane, but, but it just didn't go to that level of detail that, the Phoenix guys went to, um, and so that's that's my personal favorite right now. I've never seen, I'd never thought that I'd see an airplane that well made, and for Microsoft Flight Simulator, like I I thought for sure it was going to be a good enough to enjoy it product, not not a great product. Nice, yeah. I just uh, surged from the pilot club just sent me a message and he said that Airbus is by Phoenix. Is that the one you're talking about? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, it's not stock. Okay, got it. 
Yeah, yeah, it's the and the fly by wire team for the free ones. They were doing an outstanding job, or they're still doing an outstanding job as as a free option, modifying it. Um, but the the Phoenix, which yeah, like I, how do you pronounce it, Jeff? I, I, I was going to say what so, you said, Phoenix or Phoenix or Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix? I, th- I think it's I, I think it's pronounced Phoenix. Although before I was corrected, it was always uh, I always thought it was Phoenix. <laughs> that, yeah, that's what I was going to say too. But um, yes, yeah, so that's my that's my favorite one right now. If I if I'm on the <clears throat> flying airliner, uh, and then it doesn't look GA, like GA FS twenty twenty is still the way to go for GA. Just a Put around and have fun. What What's your favorite GA aircraft? Um, that uh, I mean, you still fly GA, general, right? Still flying general aviation. In real world, no, I actually haven't touched a GA airplane, and I can't remember how long. Um, I guess the that Citation jet, the Citation CJ four for twenty twenty. Uh huh. Um, I mean, it's still a jet, but then if it, if it's a prop, I usually just. It's usually, I'm not actually even doing a flight. I'll literally just hop in the Cessna and go around someplace and, and look around. But I never actually like do a full takeoff or landing. <laughs> yeah, I uh, uh, I'm a fan of the uh, King Air um, for, yeah, King my, Air for my GA, yeah. and and that's kind of fun for me. Um, but as far as uh, jets, I'm uh, like I said before, I'm a PMDG guy. Um, I have been interested in uh, Phoenix uh, lately. Because um, a couple, uh, the nerd and uh, one of our DJs and Serge from the pilot club, they're into that, and we talk about that kind of stuff during our flights on Thursday night, and uh, it's it's really interesting the feedback that that people are are giving us. So, uh, what's your favorite airport to fly in and out of? Uh, this is Flightsim. Yeah, yeah, Flightsim, of course. Yeah. Um, I would say anything, anything out west. Um. You know, uh, in the U.S. anyway, the uh, like L.A. or yeah, like Denver, anything west of Denver. Uh, well, of course, just, Denver's great. Yeah, hello. Yeah, the <laughs> sky blues here. Hello. Um, I just, I just, I think it's much more visually, you know, pleasing to have some terrain in the area as you're flying in versus the, you know, the flat Atlanta uh, approach. You know, type 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 of thing. Um, in terms of cha- challenging, I mean. DCA is always a good, challenging one, um, and uh, uh, it's not it's not as challenging. But Boston, just because I think the scenery up there is outstanding, oh, it's gorgeous up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and there was another airport in the Northeast that I was really enjoying lately. Was it Portland? Can't remember, I can't remember. I can't recall. Portland um, in the Northeast. Yeah, yeah. Portland, oh, in Maine. Uh, Maine? Yeah, I'm trying to remember if the, there was there was some place that I found senior on flightsim.to and it was it was a really cool cool airport up there. Um, I love I that area up there. Though. Yeah, it's gorgeous up there. I used to travel a lot for work and uh, installing software and stuff, and that was probably uh, my favorite part of the country. You know, I hit uh, pretty much everywhere in the United States, and uh, you know, Florida and California and everywhere in between, and. Uh, I think the Northeast was was probably my favorite, not just for the scenery, but I seem to connect a little bit better with the East Coast folks. Uh, I don't know, maybe it's my sense of humor or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what's your, What's your favorite place to fly into? You know, uh, I'm from Denver, so uh, Denver would obviously be my one of my top ones. Um, I like to. Um, there's a small airport that's just 
south of Aspen and uh, west of Colorado Springs is called Silver Cliff Airport. And huh. it's, a, it's a GA field up in a, a really nice valley. Uh, my father has a, a place up there in that area, and uh, it's just gorgeous. <clears throat> so that's fun. Um, but as far as major airports, um, I fly to Orlando a lot. And uh, yesterday, was it yesterday? What's today? Friday? So Wednesday, um, I flew into, I flew from Atlanta on uh, in the PMDG. And as actually in my career, my virtual flight sim career, that's the first time I've flown out of Atlanta. And uh, Really? But, yeah. And I don't know why. Just. I just never made it there. I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I flew into Chicago O'Hare, and that was the first time that uh, I'd been in Chicago O'Hare for a long time. I think that when they added the new runways and stuff like that, it just took me a while to kind of um, kind of get used to it or, or find scenery and stuff. And I don't know. I just, I just I don't know. When, when I sure, sit down sure. with the flight sim, sometimes probably 90% of the time I'm looking just to chill out. And kind of unwind, and and that was just too much for work for me at that point. Do you uh, have you checked out the fly by wire A three twenty? Reagan's uh, asking uh, about that in our Discord channel. Reagan's listening from the Delaware area here in the United States. Oh, hey Reagan, what's up? Uh, <coughs> happy uh, Happy Fourth weekend. Um, yeah, I've, I've flown it before. I mean, I flew it a lot actually before uh, Phoenix came out, and they were they were doing a great job. Um, when I was flying it last, I was not trained on the airbus yet so i didn't kind of give it the same you know real world pilot uh kind of assessment um i should do that pretty recently i should do that this week actually now that i'm home quarantining yeah you should uh, i should do it this weekend <laughs> yeah you <laughs> but, should but um the last the last time i flew they, they just pushed out that vnav update to the development the, they either call it the experimental build or developmental build mm-hmm. forget which one uh and uh that seemed to be working pretty well but system-wise and stuff, uh, yeah, like I just, I was so concerned on just getting, I was always so worried about the VNAV because, you know, for such a long time, the VNAV wouldn't work and you have to calculate your own descents and all that stuff that I didn't really pay attention to anything else. So, yeah, it's uh, a lot of work sometimes. But the sounds, I remember the, the, the sounds impressed me. The sounds were really good on there. Um, and that's a Neo, obviously, too. So and we don't. we don't have any 320 Neos. We just, we're just getting the 321 Neo. Uh on board, I was actually supposed to fly one this week, but unfortunately, I couldn't. The so Neo, I out on that opportunity. The Neos are just really about the environment, aren't they? They're supposed to be better for the environment, or something like that. Um, there's there's environmental benefits to it, but the primary reason is fuel savings. I mean, they, they it, bur- it saves about twenty or twenty five percent. Oh wow. Over the over the conventional engines. Oh wow! I didn't know it was that much. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's quite significant, especially when you, you know, uh, add up lots of airplanes, lots of flights. Yeah. Sometimes how many days, how many months, you know, like, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, doing uh, four or five flights a day or whatever. Yeah, I guess, yeah, that makes sense. Yep, yep. So that's that's the primary that's the primary reason for the airlines wanting them and putting them on there and stuff is, is fuel savings. Does Delta have any... Uh Baby buses, you know the A three eighteens. You don't see too many of those around anymore. No, no, we don't have any of those. We we just have the nineteens, twenty, and twenty ones. I think uh, <clears throat> I think it was Frontier that came out with the baby buses. Uh, they were like one of the first uh, airlines to you know to fly the A three eighteen and 
man, those things are small. They're just like the 737-200s or something. You know, they're just small little things. They're just babies. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're almost awkward looking, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was awkward actually. When, you know, speaking of Frontiers, when they moved from being a, a Boeing, uh, an exclusive Boeing uh, organization or client rather, to all Airbus. You know, they, remember they were just when they f- were first born again. Yep, yep. They uh, they were all seven thirty sevens and you know five hundred series, and and uh, I think that was. Five and six hundred series. I think it was as far as that they they went before they switched over. I don't remember exactly, but <clears throat> that sounds about right. Yeah, I remember when I was at Great Lakes, they were the 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 proud hometown hometown airline out there, Frontier. Yeah, everyone, uh, everyone loved them. A lot of a lot of a lot of pilots from there. They they left Great Lakes to go fly for them out there. Yeah, you know, speaking of flying, um, you know, you've been with Delta for a, a while. And um, how does, what would you recommend to, you know, the kid growing up and, you know, wanting to be the pilot or, you know, well, I say the kid, I mean, we're all kids, obviously, um, since we're playing Flight Simulator and listening to Sky Blue Radio and stuff like that. But for the little kid that's kind of just getting started out in, you know, flight school like my son is, uh, he's only, you know, got like 10 hours or something like that, but then again, he's 14, so... Um, what, what, what kind of stuff would you recommend for him or anybody out there actually to, uh, to grow their career and where should they study the most or, you know, what, what don't they need to worry about too much or, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, uh, first off, that's, that's great that your, uh, son's interested in, in doing that. It's a, it's a great and very, very rewarding career. Um, you know, it's a lot of traveling, obviously a lot of time away from home, but it is, is, the best job on the planet, in my opinion. Um, the there's a million different pathways that that you that someone can take to become a pilot, and there's this is always an item of high debate. Uh, some people get emotional about it. You know, I I always say that you know there's there's a lot of you know when he gets to the age of uh, graduating high school, looking for colleges. You know, co- college degree is important. Um, however, you don't need to go to a uh, really expensive, highly accredited aviation college. You know, like I, I went to Embry Riddle, and my education was great. But I've also met hundreds of pilots that they went to community colleges or a local state college, and and they're and they're in the same exact job that I'm at. You know, so um, you know, so when when it comes time to looking for stuff, you know, pick pick what you think is going to work best. For you and and your circumstances, you know, like go to school where you want to go to school. Uh, get a job where you want to get a job. You know, like you have to think about stuff of, you know, am I going to commute uh, or am I going to live in base? Well, if you're going to live in base, there's you know your your choices of of where that's going to be are then going to be narrowed down to certain geographic areas. You know, like like uh, Delta doesn't have a base in Dallas. If you really want to live in Dallas. And, be, and not commute when well, you're really only down to like spirit and American are the two that top you know come to my come to my mind. So. Yeah, huh? That's interesting. What uh, what aircraft did you start on? You know, when you were a kid, uh, Skyhawk one seventy two. Nice. Um, nice. Yep. Uh, got my private pilot before heading to college, which saved me a ton of time and money. Yeah, uh, I bet he did. 
So what the the earliest the earlier that they can get started, which it sounds like he's doing, is 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 the best. And um, but yeah, there's don't 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 follow. There's there's a lot of schools and and stuff out there that they they they're really good at marketing. <laughs> yeah, they're really, they're really good at sales. You know, so um, uh, just you know, make sure that you like I said, do what you want to do where you want to do it. That's and and everything else will fall into place. Yeah, and just be careful. Read the fine print, I guess is what you're saying, huh? Yep, yep. Yeah, that, that's one thing I didn't do in my life was was uh, become a, a real pilot and stuff like that. And, but uh, Flight Sim's been real good to me, so I'm good with that. Let's uh, let's take a, take a quick break and uh, with the station break, and then we'll be back here in just a couple of minutes with Matt Brombeck, the Managing Director of the Positive Control Network. Poscon.net is the place to check them out. We'll be right back. All right, we're back with uh, Matt Brombeck from uh, Positive Control Network. Poscon.net's the place to go to check them out. We've had a really, really good time listening to uh, all of Matt's information and what's really going on at Poscon. Um, so that's pretty cool. What uh, What else can uh, do you want to shout out there, Matt? Uh, anything that we missed by chance? Um, I just wanted to say, you know, again, th- you know, not you know, I kind of did a shout out real quick to our developers, but also. Um, we've had some really strong community members that have been th- through us from, you know, been th- been with us from the beginning. They've seen software changes, voice changes. You yeah, know, right. And, and uh, they've really um, stuck around and, and gave us a lot of feedback and, and, and used the network, test the network. And I just want to say, like, we sincerely, you know, thank you for sticking around and, and, uh, and, Putting up with us and you, you helping us grow as a community and really pushing the boundaries of, of what we can do from a technology, te- you know, technology standpoint and a community standpoint. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's it's real rewarding to us. We hope it's going to be as as rewarding it is uh, for you all. Um, oh yeah, I'm excited. Like like I said, I'm in the air right now on the Poscon network as SBR one, Sky Blue Radio one, and uh, it, it's great. I I really enjoyed. Um, there's a lot of clicking, um, and it's probably just because I haven't used it in a while. But once I got my flat plan filed and, and requested my CDPLC, uh, that came with my squat code, and away I went. And uh, it, it's really it's really cool. I'm enjoying it. It's a good yep, time. And, uh, and just to point out some things, because um, a lot of people, you know, you brought up the clicking thing. That, that's been one of our most received feedbacks of, you know, like, hey, what do you think? And... Uh, a lot of people say there's too many clicks. There's too many, too many, too many steps. And what you did was the correct. You did it 100% the way that you're. That that you know do everything correctly, the the, the best of your ability. Um, you can fly on the network and not not do any of that if you don't want to. There's no requirement to follow a flight plan. It, but if you want your if you want your uh, the live map to show where you're going, then yes, you do have to file and activate the flight plan. Um, uh, so there's there's a big misconception that like, hey, you need to, uh, you know, you need to do this every single time. Well, 
if you want, you know, you don't have to do it every single time. Like, if, if there's agency that popped on, we can input all that data for you. You know, like it's it's not like you have to do it uh, if it really bothers you. Uh, most people want to do it this way because they like to see they, they like to let other people know where they're going on the map. Obviously, yeah, right. <laughs> um, and uh, but have you have you noticed have you have you ch- have you clicked on your flight on the live map by chance, Jeff? I have. Yeah, it took me a minute to to zoom. I didn't realize I was taking off so far north in Canada. Yeah, you're, you're I didn't really realize I was that far north. I thought I thought it was a little bit farther south. So maybe I should have picked an airport that's a little bit farther close to the border. But that's all right. No big deal. We're so, off. To, we're off. To uh, just some things to show you here that I think are kind of cool. So do you see that you're you have a departure and arrival time on there? It has STD yep. and ATD. Yep, I do. So that's your sched- That's the departure time that you filed for. So scheduled uh, twenty three ten, and you actually departed at zero zero nineteen. Yeah, uh, bag delay. Waiting, waiting for bags. Connecting passengers, <laughs> and then your and then your STA. That's your scheduled time arrival, and then your ETA. And the ETA is calculated based off your current distance and ground speed and all that stuff. So uh, that's kind of a cool thing. If we uh, your your route there, if I, I like the feedback forum too, that's pretty cool. Yep, yep. And and if I logged into Montreal Controller right now, and I, I and if I gave you direct to a fix. It would actually update that route in real time on the live map uh, for you as well. Um, so, anytime ATC is amending your flight plan, it gets automatically synced to the live map. Which That's I cool. Think is really cool. And actually, you know, we're we're starting to run uh, out of time here because uh, my show's over at the top of the hour. But um, talk to us about the ATC client. Sure. Um, I haven't. I am really actually. I haven't seen any pictures of that, and uh, I'm an ATC kind of guy. So, uh, talk to me about that. Yeah, so it's a full simulation off off ERAM, the FA's ERAM system. Um, a lot of people are a little bit afraid of it because it's a lot of commands that you have to know and stuff. But but once you know the basics, it's uh, it's actually real simple. Um, everything is is everything is server based. So uh, flight plan correlation is all server. Flight tracking is all server. I mean, one of the one of the things that if you remember uh, that the how the legacy networks operate is when you sign on with a call sign that's it that call sign is locked to you and your connection and you can't change it right now you know you signed in as sbr1 uh sky blue radio one uh, i think you said your call sign was and i and i go well i don't like that call sign. i mean this is a weird scenario i can say i don't like that call sign you're not going to be known as uh delta one i can i can change your call sign on the on the radar client to indicate uh american one or delta one uh, and you don't have to sign out and sign back in with a new call sign. I can I can change your call sign and, and make you a completely different call sign than what you signed in as. Nice. Um, and that just and that's just the tip of the iceberg. I'm like on, and I really have to show you it. And I'll I'll show you one day on how this all works. But but it's all about correlating the the, the aircraft track to the flight plan. And uh, so you know, I can I can correlate a different flight plan. To your aircraft, if I wanted to, that's that's what the server ability gives gives me. Like I could, uh, you could say, "Hey, Sky Blue Radio, we have a flight plan." And I say, "I don't, I don't see one, but I see one for Skype, Sky Blue Radio 2. And you go, "Oh yeah, sorry, I followed it under Sky Blue Radio too." That's a I good idea. Cor- yeah, I can correlate that flight plan to you now because it's in the system. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's for sure. Um, uh, the CPLC is implemented within the. Radar client, so we can you know send and receive messages uh, that way. Um, 
Let's see. We obviously have the weather radar on there. So the weather radar. Uh, That's cool. It, uh, yeah. Yep. It. We can give you live deviations and tell you where the weather nice. is and stuff like that. And that's for the whole globe. It's that not just cool. the U.S. It's the whole globe. Sounds like fun. Um, we can we we can pull the dis- digital latest on there. Um, we can you know all do all the normal ATC functions, amend routes, uh, change routes, you know, edit your flight plan, and uh, and yeah, we're real excited about our EDST that is going to be coming out. Uh, yeah, some, hopefully sometime this summer. Cool. All right. Well, thank but you, yeah. Matt. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your out of your day to, to be with us. And uh, I've definitely learned a lot about Positive Control Network. Um, so, like I said, uh, thank you very much for for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I forgot to mention probably the most important part of the radar client is uh, it's the FA. They call it Fusion. Uh, we have the ability to do one second updates. Uh, to the you know radar sweeps or the traditional radar sweeps, which uh, you know they don't show that anymore, but uh, the controller has the ability to change it from uh, one second updates to fifteen. I think it goes as far as fifteen second updates. I can't remember the maximum, but um, it's either that or twelve. Uh, but anyway, so you can you can get one second updates on the radar, which uh, no other network has as far uh, as far as I know. Um, so that's a unique Poscon feature as well. You're talking about aircraft moving across your your screen, right? Correct, correct. Okay. So and you the, can adjust how fast uh, you want that guy to go across your screen, or how far it updates its position, right? Right, right. So Fusion okay. is the newest technology that the FAA uses uh, for vectoring airplanes in the in the approach environment, especially on bad weather days. Um, that's where it helps them the most. So, you know, the I you know the uh, the ILS PRMs. Uh, you've heard of those, correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So like they need Fusion. So that if that aircraft is going left or right of that localizer, the final monitor can then say like, "You're deviating, like either correct or I'm gonna have to break you off." Uh, and uh, so we have the ability on the radar client that you can you can type in a command and it'll go from eight second updates to one second updates, and you'll see there there I can literally see the uh, you know the vector line of your airplane. Like if you're correcting, uh, it's it's updating that quickly, and and so I can actually see you almost banking your aircraft really cool nice did you know something i didn't know is that you can you know pilots can text air traffic control now or something like that is that does that sound right yes so yeah so it's not a you know not to be confused with the, with the traditional texting that legacy networks have or text you know they can literally text anything we want our text is associated with it's all integrated with cpdlc so oh, okay and and that's how the real world is like i can I can send a message to Kansas City Center uh, in free text mode and say, hey, we want to go here to get around this weather. Uh, the, the real world, they don't have the ability to respond to it, and we don't have the ability to respond to it on POSCON yet either because we're, we're trying to mimic the real world as much as possible. Yeah. But the controller can still see it. We just can't reply to it over text, but we'll, they'll reply to us over voice. Uh, okay. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so it's kind of like a hybrid text model. Um, but the uh, but certain commands like you know you could you could send a command that's a or a text message that says um, request flight level three two zero. I can send you back a CPDLC command that says climb and maintain flight level three two zero. So there's certain messages that that's cool. are full text. Yeah, um, but there's all but there's certain messages that HSC can't respond to the pilot yet. So th- think of it this way: it's like um, 
the pilot can send more messages to HTC than the HTC can send back to the pilot, and that's and that's exactly how it is in the world right now. Uh, yeah, that being that'd make too much sense for everybody to do the, be able to have the same. Uh, yeah, that actually drives right? me crazy. They they hand us off over CPLC in the real world. It'll uh-huh. say like contact Indianapolis Center on one through three point four, and uh, you know we hit, we'll hit send. Uh, you know we'll go and send it back and. And then, but then we have to check. We have to check in on voice. On the and I'm like, why? Yeah, I'm like, why do? How? Why can they send this to me? But then I have to call them back in voice. I want to. I want to call them back on 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 text. I don't want to talk to them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? It's like the the controller didn't want to talk to you on the radio. You're, you know, the one handing you off didn't want to talk to you. So they're like, ah, I don't feel like talking anymore. I'll just yeah, send them yeah. this quick message. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Well, um, this uh, this interview or, or show will be available uh, later on this evening, probably uh, via podcast at skyblueradio.com and all of the major uh, podcast uh, providers. So make sure you check that out. We'll uh, have it on our website, uh, the Sky Blue Radio YouTube, and uh, I'll go ahead and throw up something on uh, on our social media about it being available as as well uh, once again it's matt from poscon.net positive control he's the managing director and uh like i said thank you very much matt and i really appreciate you being here and and uh, i hope that you and and maybe aj can come back uh with you yeah uh we'd love to be back on here together someday and give you some more updates and tell you what the latest and greatest is and thank you so much for having me on here today I, you know i can't believe it's been almost two hours already yeah went by like that yeah i told you it would you get talking and uh look like a couple little girls right <laughs> <laughs> over here gossiping <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay matt uh thanks again and uh yeah, we'll, we'll see you next time thanks a lot jeff we'll okay talk to you later. all right bud all right so that was uh matt from uh poscon.net check him out folks they're a really good group of people and uh they're what you heard during the show that the future of that organization is going to be huge. And uh, I'm flying right now on poscon.net at Sky Blue Radio 1. And uh, it, I'm having a great time so far. So, uh, so yeah, thanks for, for listening and tuning in. And uh, we'll have this show available here shortly uh, at all of our major podcasts and, and stuff like that. Sky Blue Radio, sounding great at any altitude.
Shake it down now. 